Let's dive soon, uh, very quick into the scripture that I want to bring your attention towards today. It's from uh, 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 Elijah. It's from Elijah. And uh, 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 last week, uh, I started off, uh, you know, a sermon series to uh, within our church. And I mentioned that I want to, this, this scripture, I have read the book of Eli- the, uh, the first Kings, uh, the story of Elijah a lot of times, but uh, preached a lot of times as well. But at this time when I was just going through into a deeper study myself, the scriptures, these scriptures were uh, uh, bringing so much life into what I am as a family, as within our family and our individual life. And I'm thankful that and I believe that God wants to do something in our life. And yesterday, you know, um, I could have I could have said, you know, somebody else uh, could come and preach today. But I believe God, um, you know, last week God gave me a word and uh, I said, I made a promise. I said, nothing comes in between when God has asked me to deliver a message to my church. No matter what goes wrong, but I would stand here with the message that God has given me because I always say this, God comes first in my life. Amen. Today I want to share with you and I want to title my sermon as Kerit. Ravine, Kerit Ravine. And, and this comes from 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 2 onwards. When you look into that portion, you see uh, 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 the scriptures bring out this one word, uh, uh, Kerit Ravine. And I want to take your attention to us. Last week, we, we spoke from 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. If you're here for the very first time and you want to go back and listen, please go back to our podcast or our social media outlets and you could find the first part of our message series there. But today, I want to talk to you about Kerit Ravine. And let me read 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 2 and 6. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Karit Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and I have directed the ravens to supply you food there. In order to bring the context to where I'm taking our attention to, I must read First Kings chapter 17 verse 1, which is now Elijah the Tishbite in Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. First Kings chapter 17 starts with the introduction of this one great man that we have heard a lot of prophecies and preachings and, 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 and this one portion just introduces who Elijah is and all it talks to us is where is he coming from and all we know about him is that he comes from this place called Tishbe in Gilead. Elijah now from Tishbe the Tishbite from Gilead said to Ahab as the Lord the God of Israel lives whom I serve there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years. Listen to what I have to share here. And I mentioned this last week. What a great prophetic deliverance ministry that's been introduced into the scriptures. Verse 1 talks to us about the accomplishments of Elijah. Verse 1 talks to us about the power in the words of this prophet. Verse 1 talks to about what Elijah did through his humble 
prayer. He said, God of the heavens is with me. And I declare for the next couple of years, there will be no dew, no rain in this land until I say so. What a great accomplishment. Just one simple prayer. And he shut down heavens on all over Judea, Israel that we come across. Are you with me, church? Just one portion here. Just one scripture that talks to us about what God did through Elijah in that season. But I would have expected verse 2 to be something greater. Verse 2 is to be something more that he can accomplish, that we can preach about. But verse 2 talks to us about, let's read. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kerit. God, are you serious? In verse 1, you asked me to conquer. In verse 1, you asked me, God, plunder the land. In verse 1, you said, go slay the giants. In verse 1, you said, shut the heavens. In verse 1, you said, go challenge Ahab. But in verse 2, you want me to run away and hide? It doesn't make sense. Can I tell you, serving God in a lot of times doesn't make sense at all. In many places, let me repeat that. Serving God in many times does not make sense at all. He has his ways of doing, pleasing people. You think that, you know what, for example, let me just, you know, we see the profession of Peter. He was an ordinary unschooled fisherman. But when he starts speaking, God takes him to the elite. God takes him to the rabbis. God takes him to the, the Jewish community who knows everything about Torah, who knows everything about God's scriptures. But when you think about Paul, who is Paul addressing to? A man who has doctorate, a man who sat at the feet of Gamaliel and read through all of God's word. But when God takes him, he takes him to the unschooled in a church planting spree. God takes him to places who are people who were unschooled and not of much value, but God takes, you know, God has an interesting way of using people. And that's why I say his ways of, you know, asking us to serve doesn't make sense to us. But all we got to do is from the life of Elijah that, that, that opens those portions. Obedience comes first when we are called to serve God. It doesn't matter where he's calling us, but obedience comes first. Praise the Lord. If you look at the platform, it does not look great. It may be in the pit, but God wants you to stand up there and start prophesying. Are you with me, church? It may not look a palatial a, a, a welcome that we have, but God says, if you only obey me, I know what I am doing through you in my people. Are you with me, church? Verse 2 talks to us about leave here. Leave here. God, I don't want to leave this place. This place just marked a monumental victory over Ahab. This place just marked a great deliverance that you just gave for the land of Israel. This place is secure. This place is great. This place has the habitation of the presence of God. And I don't want to leave this place. Are you with me, church? I don't want to leave this place. Because it is in this place that I, with one prayer, shut the heavens about. That there was no dew, no rain for the next couple of years. God, you did it. I have challenged Ahab. I think this place is secure. I think this place is good. But God says, no, you have no idea. 
It's not about the place. It's not about the place. It's not, it's about me who has called you. It is about me who has given you the word. It is about me who's asking you to go. It is not about the place. The place changes when you walk in. And that is why I am here to declare in the authority of God Almighty. When the child of God walks into a room, that room recognizes. Every demon in that room recognizes. Every demon in that city recognizes. This is no ordinary person. This is the child of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That room recognizes. That company will recognize. That business deal will recognize. I cannot play games with this man like I did with everybody else. No, no, no. I cannot cheat with him. I cannot do things in around his community. Why? Because he is a child. When you walk in, that room recognizes the power of God through you. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Karit Ravine. The meaning of this one word, Karit Ravine, is to be cut off or cut down. Literally meaning just chop it down. Think about this. In one verse, you see what Elijah did. In another words, Elijah has been asked to go and hide in this place called Karit Ravine, which means to be cut off from the blessings, to be cut off from the source. In ancient Israel or Jewish history, names meant a lot to them. They named after certain places, they named certain places after certain incidents that has happened. Certain, like for example, uh, Abraham named that mountain. Why? God, he saw God's provision. Right? We see people naming certain things after they're visualizing, experiencing a blessing of God, a deliverance of God, a breakthrough of God, a pain that they have gone through in that area. And in ancient history, a lot of people stayed away from Karit Ravine because this place literally means danger. People have died wandering in this land. Are you with me? Because it means to be cut off from the shores. You have no provision in this land. You have no, uh, 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 you know, there is no need in the walk of your life to encounter in this place called Karit Ravine. Simply means cut off. There are people who just wandered off and reached to Karit Ravine and they lost their life because it was completely cut off from everything else. Basic necessity of life was never met in Karit Ravine. But God in the Bible, He is crazy as usual. He asked people to go to places that you think, God, why would I go to Karit Ravine? I think this place is great. This place is wonderful. I am good, all safe here in Richardson. But why would you ask me to go to Karit Ravine? There's no fast food. There's no comfort food over there. It's, it's not a place that I want to be at. God, no, I think you're wrong. There's something wrong about you communicating this to me. I think it means something else. God, this place, it doesn't make sense. Now, I don't just want you to go to Karit Ravine, but I want you to hide in Karit Ravine. Just think about that. A man who just... Uh, 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 prophesied and stopped the heavens and challenged Ahab. Now you want me to hide? Like run away? 
It doesn't make sense. Listen, what I have to share here. And some of us, I believe, are in a season where God asks you to just leave that place of comfort. Maybe last chapter like this, you might have seen a victory. Maybe the last verse, you saw a great victory in your life. But you are in a place that seemed or looks like a Karit ravine in your life. Listen, it is a place of brokenness. It is a place of total dependence of God. It is a place that only God can talk to you and no one else. Hallelujah. And through God's scriptures, you come across a lot of people whom God has kept in the hiding. Why everyone else will look into Jesus' life. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and Mary and said, Take Jesus, baby Jesus, the savior of the humanity and go where? Go into Egypt. Stay there. Until I tell you next when you have to come back. I want you to take care and keep baby Jesus in the hiding. Look into the life of Moses, the great deliverer who delivered millions of Israelites from the Egyptian captivity. Before a season, God said, you have to take care of this baby. You have to keep him in the hiding. I wonder how many people are seated in this room today and God is asking you, hide that dream that I have birthed in you. I'm prophesying into somebody's life today. How many of you, I wonder, are seated here that you experience yourself in a place that is cut off from everybody. Everybody just rejected you. Everybody just out, out, ostracized you and pushed you out. But God says, baby, you are just in your Corinth ravine, and I am the God who supplies all your needs. Hallelujah. Ravine, a place of brokenness, a place where God breaks off, cuts off all the things that you've done in the past. Listen, most of the time, God will work in you that He can do through you. Listen, God will work in you so that He can do more through you. Are you with me? And we don't like any sort of work in us. If everything is going all well and good, we love it. But any sort of pruning or cutting that comes to our life, we don't like it. But only a good gardener knows. Oh, come on, somebody. Only a good gardener knows. If my plant needs to bear much fruit, I need to cut off the edges. I need to prune it once in a while. Why? So that I know my plant has the potential to bear the fruits that I planted it for. But only if I can cut a little bit. That is what Kareeth Ravine is. God takes to a place. God will work in you so that he can do more through you. God can do more through you. Listen, his glory should travel through you. His, his, the, the, the glory of his, his light. The work of God's nature is exhibited through us. But until he works in us, it doesn't happen. I wonder how many people are in that season this week, this season, this month, or 
going through that season of Karit Ravin where God is working in you. Allow the good shepherd to work in you. Allow the master of the vineyard to work in you. Only if he can work in you, he can do greater things and more than you expect and you have calculated through you in this world. What is God doing in you today? In this, what is God doing in your family this week? Listen, whatever he does in your family, it's not just for you, but so that he can do more through you. Look at the big picture. A plant, a seed when it is planted, it brings forth fruit so that everybody can enjoy around it. And that is the same portion when we come across Karith Ravine. Elijah, you have done great, great, great things on verse 1. But I want you to go and hide in Karith Ravine. God oftentimes hides his best in a place of developing, which is a hidden place. Praise the Lord. How many of you all remember back in the 90s? Now everybody has a phone. We can take a picture and we can show it to everybody. But back in the 90s or early 2000, we had to walk around with, you know, cameras that had reels and uh, we take a picture and uh, we have to go give it to somebody for a couple of days and they will let us know when will I get when will I get to see the colored pictures? When will I get to see the beautiful pictures that I have taken? Today, I take a picture right now, put on my Instagram, everybody knows. But back in those days, somebody had to see only when you mail out those pictures. Are you with me? But how did that happen? You had to take that film out and you had to take it to a dark room. The, the guy would take it to a dark room and he develops it there. The negative, he develops it there and it gathers the color and you see the beautiful picture all the colors Indian families are known for colors Daisy families are known for colors the vibrant colors and all of those colors are seen on those pictures only after it goes through the process in the negative in the dark room in the hidden room they had to mix up with a lot of solutions and chemicals and after that he brings the picture out and he shows it to us and like wow I look so beautiful or you always look beautiful you had to go through that process. Your pictures had to, your film had to go through that process. And that's where you see, and that's where you see the beautiful image that has come out today. Karit Ravine is a place of brokenness. Karit Ravine is a place where God is asking Elijah and I am sure there are people seated here. You are in that season. God has kept you hidden for a reason. He won't hide it just for that. Just like that, he will hide it for a reason. Let's read that scripture here. God will work in you so that he can do more through, through you. Listen, First Kings chapter 17, verse 2 and 6, when we read through that portion, we see, leave here, turn eastward and hide in Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and I have directed the ravens to supply your food over, over there. Listen to what A.W. Tozer, one of the greatest writers of our generation, he has written something. A.W. Tozer has said, it is doubtful that God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. It may, did not make any sense to me at first. But listen, if God wants to do something through you, according to the words of A.W. Tozer, one of the greatest Christian writers that I've come across, it is doubtful that God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. 
Sometimes when we go through that hurt situation, only then we understand the value of the blessings we are receiving in my life, in our life. Have you been in those places? Been to some sort of a deep hurt. We go through that. And then God decides to bless us so that we understand the value of the blessings. I remember many, many, many years ago when I chose to be a pastor, I went to one of my district pastors and I told my parents and all that. My parents encouraged me. I love them. Uh, uh, so I went to my, uh, uh, one of our district pastors and I told him, Pastor, I want to be a, I, 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 I want to pastor. I want to be a pastor. And he called me around one of the uh, great leaders from South India Assemblies of God. And, and I stood with him and uh, he said, Justin, I want to say something very important to you. And I loved it. I'm like, this is the man. He's going to prophesy into my life. He's going to lay his hands on my head and he's going to go bless you. Money, I bless you. All of Bangalore and India and the world is yours. He's going to bless me. And I loved it. I was waiting to hear the words from him. And then he said, Mone, I want you to know that God will crush you. I'm like, oh God, are you serious? 17 years, my, my mind at that age, 17 years of age, I cannot wrap around the thing that God is going to crush me. Like, what in the world? I don't want to serve. I have so many other good things to do. All my people, all my friends at that age is doing better than this, being crushed. Then he called me aside. I love this man with so much wisdom. Very hard to find such great older people in our generation today who are uh, uh, willing to, to walk through, walk with young people and just helping them understand. He walked with me, took me for a coffee and he said, Mone, I want you to know I want you to know, serving God's people, God will crush you. Everything that you have thought, He will crush you. It's painful. But there is greater reward. There is greater joy. You may go through that crushing, but listen, only a crushed olive seed can produce the oil that blesses people. Only a crushed grape can bring out the best wine outside. Are you with me, church? Only if you are crushed. And I love what A.W. Tozer says. It is doubtful that God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. What is that place in your relationship, in your business, in your school, wherever you are today, in your ministry, where you've been hurt? I love uh, Pastor Jensen Franklin from uh, uh, a Free Chapel Church, Georgia. He wrote a beautiful book uh, that says, uh, uh, love like you have never been hurt. It's so not uh, uh, possible to do so. Especially in a day and age that we live in. Love like you have never been hurt. Lord, that brother, you know what he said? That family, you know how they accuse me? I have nothing to do with. My son Josiah is six, going to be six years of age. Now when he argues and fights with us, he will fold his hands and he will say, I am not going to do it. And this is how I see a lot of grown-ups do it. It doesn't matter how old your uncle, auntie, 
This is how we behave sometimes to God. I'm not going to do it. But listen, love like you have never been hurt. The joy of loving God's people, He will reward it. Heaven honors that. And in the place of Karit Ravine, God is building Elijah. In a place of hiding, God is building Elijah. When we look into the next scriptures, we'll dive into that next week as coming weeks. Uh, you know, each week I'm trying to just not go too much into it because there's so much that we can learn through. And understand, in the next scriptures, you see how Elijah, the great prophet of God, kills so many of Jezebel's prophets, Baal's prophets. But all of it had had to happen only because this Elijah chose to hide in a place where God asked him to. Elijah, I know your future. But before you go lay down those prophets, I want to do something in you. And what I'm going to do in you results in what God can do through you in that nation. Listen, God never allows pain without a purpose. Are you with me? God never allows pain without a purpose. Often we don't understand it. When we are actually in that painful situation, we don't understand it. Listen, last week, it was very painful for my family. Uh, uh, I wouldn't be standing here if it's not the strength that my wife has who said you have to go to church. If not, I wouldn't, wouldn't be here. But last week was very painful. Even the while I was working on my message, I was working on my notes, I was seeing and I was hearing my wife go through that great pain. Friday when we rushed her to the ER and uh, uh, we didn't know what was going on. And when the doctors came back and said, hey, I think we have a, a situation here. And they said ectopic pregnancy. And I'm like, this is the first time I'm hearing that. I have no clue of what you are talking about. These are medical terms. I was going above my head. So let's talk in a normal way that we can understand. And they, they helped me understand the severity of the, the situation there, which ruptured one of our tubes. She was in a great pain. While I was penning down this message, she was in great pain. My family had to go through that. But I understand one thing. God never allows pain without a purpose. I'm sure there are going to be families, and especially after Nisha's uh, first miscarriage that happened uh, two years ago while we were at church worshiping God and a lot of our families took her. She put up a post on our social media and you know, the amount of young people that reached out to her because it's not widely talked about. And they thought that she can actually help them go through when they are actually going through that process. We don't know how God will use people. But listen, God will never allow a pain in our life without a purpose. Your pain will no longer be without a purpose. He will use it. Jesus himself. Very painful to Take what he was going through. He said, God, I don't think I can. Can you please take this cup away from me? Then this, there's the comeback. He said, but if your will, I surrender. God never allows. Can I have the worship team behind me? God never allows any pain that we are dealing with to go without. I don't know what your pain is to. What is that painful situation that you're dealing with? There is a purpose. 
there is a purpose. I have seen uh, uh, families in my church in, in India who have gone through some deepest uh, uh, struggles in their body with, with suffering. Like this auntie that I know, she herself is suffering with third stage cancer. But guess what? She comes to church every Sunday and she prays for the healing of everybody around her. It doesn't make sense, God, that you are asking me to pray for somebody when I am dealing with something painful. You will not heal me, but this auntie that I know of is so obedient to her call and she will come to church and she will worship God as if nothing happened, even though her body is decaying and it's bursting out and she will pray for everybody. I've seen families who were once possessed with demon, evil spirits, but when God delivered them, you know, guess the ministry that they have now? They are praying for others who are filled with evil spirits. God is using once their pain and now using for the purpose of His glory. I don't know what your struggle is, brother. I don't know what your Karit Ravin is, where you are at. It's a place of being cut off. It's a place where you are left to wander by yourself. Can I tell you? My God in the Bible says, go high. And I've already instructed the ravens. It doesn't say I am going to tell them. I'm going to plead the, with the ravens. I have already instructed the ravens to come feed you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you with me, church? I don't know what your Karit Ravin is today. He tells me, Prophesy this to people. If you are seated in that environment today, God has already commanded the ravens of the air to come feed you. The nature obeys when the creator, creation obeys when the creator calls for it. Today, I declare under the sound of my voice, if you find yourself in that Karitra wing, a painful place, your greatest ministry will most likely come out of your greatest hurt. It is in your place of hurt that God has placed you, but your ministry is birthing out of that place. Your ministry is birthing out of that place. There are people here and I declare it. There are people in this room. You might be going through that Karitra Ravin, brother, sister, but God has called you to do something greater for his kingdom. I want you to surrender today. Summit, God, use me. Use me. This is the prayer we made last Sunday and this is the prayer we're going to make today as well. That's the prayer of Elijah's life and I want to challenge everybody seated in this room. God, use me. Use me. Use me. God, I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to speak. God, use me. I barely can speak English. God, God, use me. God, I'm an introvert. I don't like facing people at all. God, use me. Your prayer will change the course of this world. Your prayer, because you are anointed by God. You might see yourself in that place of hiddenness. You're hiding right now in Karid Ravine. But God tells something very important. Listen, church. In the place of hiding, He says, I am developing you. In the place of hiding, I am bringing the, your purpose that will reveal into this world, which is the light of my glory. To save humanity and to protect people. This is what I want you to do. Your greatest ministry will most likely come out of your greatest hurt. Where have you been hurt today? God says that's the platform of your ministry. That's the platform of your ministry. 
Some of us, we are in our Kareeth Ravine. God says, I am developing you in that place of hiding. Every eye closed, let's stand up in God's house. Let's stand up in God's house. Today, I just want to ask this, uh, ask this one thing that I would ask. I, I asked last Sunday as well that just one small prayer that I want you all to make is God use me. That's it. Nothing else. God use me. You don't have to know where, what, how. All you got to say is God use me. And when we do that, when we do that, brother, sister, he propels you. He helps you. He's on your side. Let me read Psalm 32 verse 7. It says, you are, it says, you are my hiding place. Lord, you are my hiding, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble. Surround me with songs of deliverance. Who else would know about a hiding place than David himself who spent these scriptures here? And I'm sure there are people in this room who are saying, God, you are my hiding place. You are my hiding place. I searched around and I don't find any other place that is a strong tower of refuge like you. Jesus, you are my hiding place. I run to you. You are my hiding place, Lord. You are my hiding place. Listen, you will protect me and surround me with a song of deliverance. One, God, you are my hiding place. Two, you will protect me. Three, you will surround me with a song of deliverance. Under my voice today, I'm here to declare, run to Jesus. He is my hiding place. He is the refuge. He is the strong tower and He protects us. David helps us to understand, Lord, you surround me. You are surrounded, brother and sister, you are surrounded. And also, He gives you a song of deliverance today. Receive God's Word. Father, I thank You. I pray over Your congregation. And I pray that You will use them. In the midst of their Kareeth Ravine, I pray God, that Your grace will be on their side. And You will bless them and prosper them. Thank You that You are doing in their life. That You will do greater through their life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.